you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Ooh, blah, and blah. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Oh, it's gangbusters. Damn a shake in Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Hope all's well wherever you are. And Happy New Year wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 43 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available on iTunes, I encourage you, nay, demand that you subscribe ASAMP. And, of course, you can also track it down at davedamashek.nfl.com. And if you go to nfl.com, you can find my main man Adam Rank's work here, the great pick six column and a bunch of his other hooey and applesauce. Here he is, Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? What's happening, boss? Thanks for having me. I'm I'm sure looking thing. forward to the playoffs. Well, the playoffs, I'm looking forward to those. I'm a little bit wistful about the end of the regular season. A lot to be determined still in terms of playoff seeding uh, with this weekend coming. I'm a little bit sad, like I say, though. But at, as opposed to the last decade. Oh, no, you're a little verklempt. Yeah, I am. I get a little wistful about these oh, things. Geez. Well, football's the best. Football season's the best time, and that's it. Now it's just about over, and, and, and it makes me uh, makes me sad. But uh, at least January 1, which, you know, growing up was the best day for a sports fan, will once again be great because NFL football will reign supreme on New Year's Day, and then we can watch those cruddy secondary bowl games on January 2nd. You don't like the bowl games? I lo- You know I love the bowl games, or I loved what they used to be. I loved right. the, way, the way they used to be on January 1, and it was just those five glorious games. Now it's a bunch of nonsense. Who knows? Who cares? And the Orange Bowl halftime show and all that stuff. All of it. And you put, so great. And you put your head on the pillow. I always say it. The BCS has not resolved this one iota. No. The BCS system. When you put your head on the pillow at on January 1st, you were sad because you knew when your eyes opened again, it would be back to school time. Right. But at least you could go to sleep satisfied that you knew who the national champion was just as often as you can now. The BCS right. doesn't make it any clearer, no. I don't think. So anyway, so January 1 is something to look forward to. But before that rank, we have much to get to here. It's time for the Shecky Awards. If you haven't listened to to any of my work in the past. This is something I've done for about 25-ish years. I don't know. I wish I really did know when I began handing out these awards. It was in my youth, though, that's for sure. Before As a was, young lad in junior yeah, high? Yeah, I was a teenager. Of course, I wasn't, uh, I, I wasn't bogged down by uh, you know going to parties and, yeah. and talking to girls. Right, no, like no, that. no. I could really focus on the important things. And, you know, I realized as a child the Academy Awards covered movies and the Grammys covered music. And then you had the Tony Awards for stage, and then the the BCS slash the old AP polls and the UPI poll covered college football, and then everything else 
No one else was de- de- determining a champion of anything. So that's where I come in. I, t- I handle all the other important issues. And, that, by the way, one issue that we do not need to cover when it comes to this podcast is who our best guest has been mm-hmm. in the history in the 43 episodes of the Dave Damashek uh, football program era. It's Jack Youngblood. No, as a matter of fact, it's not Jack Youngblood, although I did I enjoy speaking with old number 85 mm-hmm. a couple of months ago. No, it's clearly Steve Smith of the Carolina oh, of Panthers. And the great news is he's going to be joining us this uh, in just a little bit here. But oh, want, he is? Yeah, he's going to okay. be. Yeah. Total Access didn't steal him away again? Not this time. Yeah, last week we couldn't talk with Steve Smith because Total Access heard some of his work here on the podcast, mm-hmm. enjoyed him so much, they said, hey, we should dial this guy up and get him on our on our gig. But... He's back with us now, and that'll okay. be that's that's what's exciting. I should say with the NFL dot com, of course, our last show is on Sunday with the total access, the to, the, the total fantasy, fantasy live, yeah, total fantasy show. live, fantasy NFL fantasy live. You've only been kids. doing it. You've only been doing it for two years, Dave. <laughs> I forget the name of it. I do. Have I a, don't have to know it. I live it. Right? All right. I well, listen. I got, but I got to ask a question because you talk about how far back the Sheckies go. Do you remember the who won the first Shecky Award? Well, I do know. It's, I'm glad you asked that. Apple was the fruit of the year. Okay. Um, ketchup was the condiment of the year. Okay. Um, the letter Q, I remember, was the alphabet letter. Cursive or the just normal? No, Q. just the Q, and not for aesthetic reasons, really. So much as I admire what the letter Q stands for. It's a, it's an ambitious letter if you think about it. Because if I ask you <laughs> off the top of your head, where's the letter Q? It, where is it in the alphabet? You think like, well, it's down there with uh, W, X, Y, and Z, right? Q, it's, no. it's, or it's a, one of these fringy letters that's buried at the bottom. But no, take a closer look. It's all the way up there. It's a you know it, it, it's way up there with R S T. You know it's like yeah, of course front of them. I yeah. know because I would always sit next to my pal Al Quintero when I was in school. How about that? See, maybe that resonated with you then. But Q to me always seemed like this this forgettable letter. But no, somehow while we're all sleeping and we're thinking, oh, Q's hanging out with the loser X Y and Z, it's crept its way all the way up there past R S and T. You mm-hmm. know, good for you. And if we aren't careful, and if all the other alphabet letters aren't careful, it's going to be A, B, Q, <laughs> C. It's going to start moving up. It could. Well, it's already moved up, so I, I, I admire its gumption. So, you know, kudos to you, Q. But that's in the past. I, I, I really – I've almost had to put a seal on the alphabet. I don't do it every year anymore. No. I, I address, by the way, before we get into these categories, you should know, if I feel like someone owns a category sufficiently, I may not address it in a given you year. You close it? Yeah, I might close it. And then it can be reopened at my whim. Because who are the voters for the Shecky Awards? Dave Damashek, Dave Damashek, and me. Price Waterhouse? No, they're not involved. All right, listen, for this very special episode, before we get to Steve Smith and before we hand out a Shecky Award, let's say hello. I wanted the whole gang together here, Rank. And so, first of all. We're getting the band back together? Let's say hello. He's not a guest, per se, because he is an employee of the NFL. However, he does come all the way. From across the Atlantic Ocean, the English employee of Commissioner Goodell. It's our pal and yours now, Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank from England, Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England, Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England, Handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank, he's Handsome Hank, he's Handsome Hank. Happy holidays and uh, happy new year, handsome. Happy new year, guys. It's 2012. It sounds futuristic, doesn't it? It really sounds like we've, <laughs> we've landed in the future. Can I tell you something? 
I, I feel like, and I am not. This isn't an exaggeration. I still think to myself when I'm writing date with the date on the check, I'll write like twelve twenty nine oh seven. Oh no, it's not oh seven anymore. I'm, I'm yeah. not. It's not. I'm not. <laughs> I don't struggle to remember what year. I, I'm five years behind. I'm really having a hard time with it. But you still write checks. Sometimes, yes. Yeah, that shows how far behind you are. You can do all that stuff online. I guess that's true. And then also, while we're saying hello to everyone, let's say hello to our producer back there. It's Black Tie. Black Tie sitting on the other side. Both the glass from Dave and the other guy. All his life. He's been only waiting for this podcast to arise. Black tie, try. Black tie, try. To book us a guest like Jerry Rice. Happy New Year to you, Black Tie. Happy New Year to you guys. What's going on? How's your theme music coming along? Working on it. Oh, my alternate theme music. I don't. Here. I don't know if I'm even going to play it at this point. This song, well, the one man house band, uh, Dick Banks. I am the producer at the end of the day, so I'm going to play it. You know. <laughs> no, you I'll mean you're the it. producer for today. <laughs> yeah. There's and, been a lot of ties in that rack. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hang your hat here. And don't let me forget. That reminds me. We just hear uh, two of the two of the one man house band, Dick Banks, as many wonderful theme songs and little ditties. He did cook up a year end song, so uh, oh, make nice. sure you stick around for that one too. We got. We'll. Uh, Maybe we'll finish the show with that, or maybe we'll Got get him. it in there somewhere. But, uh, of course, the one-man house uh, house band, the uh, you know, there's a, that's another category we don't need to address. The best nope. musician associated with the Dave Damashek football program. It's, uh, it's Dick Banks. But before we get to the awards, quickly, here's a quick list for you. Episode number 43. Okay. We honor the player who wore it best, and not just the NFL, but all of sports. But to me, it's Troy Polamalu. And I don't think that's uh, me, you know, my my Steeler bias coming no. through here because I root for the Steelers. Our other options are guys like, uh, I don't even know. Who. Richard Petty, Darren no, Sproles. That doesn't count. Cliff Darren Harris. Sproles. Cliff Harris, come on. I, don't, I think it, it's not so much that Troy Polamalu is that great. It's just nobody good wore 43. Well, he's going to the Hall of Fame. You can agree with that. Jack Sigma wore 43. Yeah, he was good. You think Troy Polamalu is going to the Hall of Fame? Handsome? Oh, of he's course. A of yeah. course. Of course. Well, so he's there are on, people who will debate you on that. No, because he's on TV and people, you know, he has the name recognition. The hair you just, well, yeah, the you hair. just, his hair will get him into the Hall of well, Fame. Well, we talked about. Just to see what his bust will we look talked like. About, uh, we talked about superheroes in the Batman trailer last uh, on the last show, which you can dig up, episode number 42. And uh, the revelation came out, the embarrassing revelation, that Handsome Hank did not know who Jackie Robinson was. Now, mm-hmm. I can let him off the hook, I guess. He wasn't, he wasn't reared in this country, but it still seems like Jackie Robinson's deeds and uh, his achievement of being the first African-American to play. And, well, that's not even true. He's not the first one to play a sport. No. The, the first noteworthy African-American to play a, a big-time American sport. Um, a big-time civil rights person in New York I City. I thought Handsome Hank would know about that, but that's fine. You can dig that one up. What do you think about, though, Drew Brees, and now but we're recording this, of course, before the games and Week 17, but Tom Brady is on pace, if he has his average game, is going to break 
Dan Marino, doesn't that diminish then the deed of Drew Brees to break Danny Marino's longstanding record? And doesn't it, rather than than being something that is a great personal achievement, doesn't it speak more to the era that these guys are playing in? It's the Sosa McGuire thing where both guys just blew past Roger Maris that it made Roger Maris seem more remarkable by comparison. I find it a little unsatisfying, to be honest with you. I think it's great. It's not, uh, you know, Drew Brees, by all accounts, wonderful fella and everything else. It's not us to slight him. I just don't think this personal record means as much as it as it did 20 no, years and ago. and Philip Rivers challenged it last year. It, it's... It became a mark that was... And Rodgers is going to be there, and who else? Oh, and Eli Manning, actually. If he has a really big game, isn't probably going to get past it, but is going to be right there. That makes right. it pretty bad. Yeah, it, it means nothing anymore. We'll ask Steve Smith, but who do you think is going to win the uh, Cowboys and Giants game, handsome? I think the Giants are going to win it. Well, I think we're in lockstep on this one. Yeah, I would say the Giants. Yeah, interesting. So, um, and uh, is Black Tie looking the way in here on that one? No. He's got other things going. It's... I got the Giants winning. I'm actually, I'm just ticked off because I have the Eagles making the playoffs. Yeah, that didn't work out. The Jets just didn't. um, Well, we talked to one Shady McCoy uh, on our last episode, number 42. Another reason to go check that one out. All right, listen, with all that nonsense out of the way, what do you say? Do we get into the Shecky Awards here and now? What do you think? Should we jump right in? I want to do it. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm going to give out, I'll give out the first one. Um, and this one, actually, this isn't even an award. This, this, uh, let me just whet the appetite a little bit more. Something that has to end. My New Year's resolution, not for me, but for I, – I, this is something that maybe we should consider doing, Rank, in 2012 early, though, is New Year's resolutions for players, maybe for entire teams. Maybe mm-hmm. we could do 32 New Year's resolutions. Okay. Matter of fact, why don't you email – or uh, tweet me, at Damashek and Rank, at Adam Rank. Tweet us. If you're a fan of the Texans, what's their New Year's resolution? If you're a fan of the Saints, same Mm -hmm. thing, and so on. So tweet us your resolutions. But to get the ball rolling, here's a New Year's resolution. Can Michael Imperioli, the guy who played Chris Moltisante and Sopranos, Mm -hmm. just drink that shot of tequila already in the commercial? Because as it stands, (laughs) he is the biggest pain in the butt in the world. All he does is just sit there and complain about the good old days all the time. Ah, uh, men. I don't know what happened to men. What happened to drinks? What happened to talking to ladies? And then he's always <laughs> complaining. He's always, always holding that shot glass filled with his precious tequila that he wants to, that he loves so much, but he never drinks. Just drink it. Get loaded oh. already. And get off our backs. I'm tired of being berated by you every time the my ball game goes to a commercial. I and I don't care if your top pours a shot either. Hey, look, <laughs> I can do this. Who cares? It's. Co- Oh, this uh, uh, fancy pants drink, and I don't know what. This drink's called tequila, you weaselly nerd. <laughs> like, get off my back. I'm just sitting here watching TV. I have then, to be attacked by you. And then he knocks the Patron bottle off the counter. You're like, what are you doing? I would have drank that. <laughs> so that's a that's a New Year's resolution. But all right, to get into the show. Uh, can we proper. do another one? Yes. Can we do one for Ross Tucker and Bob Papa? Oh, yes. Ro- Ross Tucker, this is good. On NFL Sirius this morning, I'm driving in. Ross Tucker and Papa are talking about. Now, if I hadn't heard the very beginning of their conversation, they were talking about Pierre Thomas putting the bow, pulling it out of his pants, putting the bow under the football. And they go into this thing. It was disgusting. (laughs) It was selfish. It was irresponsible. (laughs) He should be suspended for a game for that. They went on and on about this thing, and then they turned the page to Drew Brees and like, ah, it didn't sit well with me. 
him setting that record. <laughs> I just didn't. It made me feel a little uneasy. <laughs> These two. That's, that's what makes you want. Okay. Hey, Ross Tucker. Hey, Bob Papa. Pull out a compu- computer. Google Penn State scandal. That's yeah, that, disgusting. This is, that's I, what makes me uneasy. You know, and, everybody, and this is everybody, Hugh, who got upset about Bill Maher. Let's figure out what we're really upset about in this society. I don't care about comedians making jokes. I don't care about guys going for records. I don't care about guys putting bows on a football. That does not disgust me. Penn State disgusts me. Let's have a little levity, please. Oh, lighten up, everybody. Oh, <laughs> so serious. We all have Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> yes. I think people now feel like you're now like, hey, the, the league doesn't. I think doesn't- Joe Buck set the... Set yeah. the bar so high for, you know, just being smug and self-important that now everybody's got to come out of. Yeah, I don't I, I don't like that. So that's a good resolution, too. But uh, so what do you say now, fellas? Should we get into some awards? So I'd we, love we to get into the to the. Well, so then with no tw- uh, no further ado, here they are. The 2011 Shecky Awards. All right, let it begin, and we'll start with a sour one, the Sonic Award. Now, the Sonic Award was created uh, three years ago when the Seattle Supersonics departed Seattle and moved to Oklahoma City because this is the ultimate slap in the face. You're not only leaving our beautiful city, but you're moving to Oklahoma City to do it. Really? That's the ultimate slap in the face? And then you're you're calling yourself the Thunder, a name that doesn't even end in S, and you change the colors and everything. It's just all nonsense. What's the ultimate slap? You're you're Rams. Uh, You uh, move from beautiful Los Angeles to St. Louis. And then you keep the name. But you also forgot that they they left beautiful Los Angeles and moved to mediocre Orange County on their way to... Oh, I'm sorry. Are we playing the Greg Brady exact words? Yes. I'm sorry. Leaving for Orange County to St. Louis is even worse. <laughs> for you. So, all right. For- but Seattle, they all had – the Mariners were supposed to have a great season that year. They were awful. The Seahawks fell on their face. It was the year after the Super Bowl and so on. So it was a terrible – oh, and I think uh, Washington, Washington they State won. combined. They won their division the year after they – reached the Super Bowl. Uh, then maybe it was They actually won a game. Well, it was the, the year playoffs. it was the year that Washington and Washington State combined to win one game and the only victory was when one beat the other. That was the <laughs> only, So it was a it was an it was an apocalyptic year for for sports fans in the city of Seattle. So now we go to 2011 and you know, this is an award that you would expect to be won mostly by small market teams when uh, the big spending big city teams are doing it, but the first nominee Los Angeles. Los Angeles has had some tough times. Dodgers embarrassed themselves in the sport of baseball. The Lakers went out of the playoffs by getting swept. They come back from the season old, the Lamar Odom scandal, the Chris Paul failure, and so on. So that's bad. The only thing that might save them, ironically, is the Los Angeles Clippers and the dawn of a new day there. No football, of course. USC, the scandal there. UCLA stunk. And the Kings. Kings were a disappointment. Mm-hmm. A lot of people figured they'd go deep into the playoffs, but Andre Kopitar got hurt, and there went their playoff chances. Your next nominee, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. What? It's been a bad year. It's oh, been a bad year. The year starts loud. with that Super Bowl loss to the Packers. Mm-hmm. The Pirates were the Pirates. The Penguins lost Sidney Crosby, the game's greatest player. It continues to haunt them to this very day. The Pitt Panthers are embarrassment. Their basketball team went out in uh, in, in in typical uh, early fashion in the tournament. Pittsburgh, PA is your next nominee. No, that's, that sounds like a pretty good year for Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
That's a pretty solid year Your for you guys. Your next nominee, Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, of course, the Browns, the Tribe. They were they had a decent year for the Tribe, but really the stink of losing LeBron and watching mm-hmm. what became of that uh, what that team was heartbreaking. But it was must have been really hard to stomach if you lived there. Your next nominee. D.C. Washington, D.C. Our nation's capital deserves better, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Apparently not. The Bullets slash Wizards, a joke. The Capitals, perennial disappointment. Perennial choker with Ovi and company. Right. In the, in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, Georgetown didn't do much anything in the tournament. And, uh, and the Redskins going on year what of uh, their disappointing run here with uh, with Mike Shanahan. And the Senators uh, signed Jason Worth to a huge deal. That's a, Yeah, well, that, that was a disappointment, but they do. Yeah, then the Steven Strasburg barely plays, but mm-hmm. there's some optimism there for D.C. And uh, your last nominee, Miami, Florida. LeBron James, what, they, they said they were going to win eight titles in a row. They didn't get right. one yet, and they're more than a year into this little mission. So that's not good. Dolphins, a disappointment, a nice little late-season run. The Marlins, a stinker of a season, and then they unveil those ugly uniforms that they're going to be wearing. Oh, the U, uh, uh, another embarrassment for college football, a, a disgusting tale there. Can I call that one disgusting? No. No? So, all right, now. There you have it, your nominees for the 2011 Sonic Award, an award that obviously no one wants to win. Here we go. Miami, Florida. Wow. Who could have seen this coming? At the start of the year, I didn't see it coming. But they did get to the final. The big three got to the finals. But anything short of a championship, a disappointment. Next up, here's here's a category. That to me is one of my favorites. It, it I, I do have to revisit it just about every year because it changes so often. It's best breakfast meat. Mm. Ooh, it's, you know, yeah, I can see everybody getting excited for this one. Best breakfast meat. Your nominees are bacon, and thick cut. If you please, I like thick cut. Okay. Delicious. Um, bone in ham. Mm. I know that's a favorite of yours. Yeah, I love bone in ham. It's very good. People always talk. You have the Coke and Pepsi of breakfast meats, namely bacon and sausage links. Mm-hmm. People often forget about the RC Cola, which is uh, which is the bone in ham. It's delicious. Next, the sausage link, the aforementioned sausage link. And your next nominee, Polish kielbasa. Mm. And the 2011 Shekin for best breakfast meat goes to... Polish kielbasa. Oh, Congratulations. Yeah. What back kind to of back. accent? Back to back, actually. Yeah. Back to back Polish kielbasa. We call them meat circles in the Damashek home. I cut them into silver dollar size, drop them into a frying pan, shh, cook them all up real nice, mm-hmm. and then uh, give them up to uh, baby Oprah and to Jean-Claude Van Damashek. <laughs> they love them. Then I take a few eggs, crack them into the same pan without mopping it down yet. Put the eggs in there, some cheese, a little bit of garlic. Now we have our eggs. We're in heaven. So congratulations. Second straight win for Polish kielbasa in a very savory category. And what's Dave, exciting? sorry. I have to question your manhood here. Why? Firstly, Luna Bars. Yeah. And then bacon <laughs> is not your best breakfast meat. What is going on here? I, I'm, I, I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain my decision-making <laughs> to you. The awards are the awards. Do you call up the Academy no, no. voters and I'm say, not, how I'm dare not, you vote I for a beautiful not, mind? I am not questioning the decision-making for the awards. I am questioning, therefore, your manhood. My manhood is, I, I think, is fully intact. You can ask the ladies yes. or the two who've. Actually, look my way. <laughs> uh, but all right. But what's exciting here is 
I'm not going to give out all the awards today. Adam Rank wanted to get in here with one. Is that is it my time? It's yeah. I want you to take it away. Break it up here a little bit. Well, thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. I've decided to give out an award. I like award. that you're standing I up. Do. I do. <laughs> I feel it's very formal. I feel I've got to give it its just due. My award is the greatest sports day in America in 2011, and I don't have a huge list of nominees because when I just even mention it, I'm sure a couple of dates come to mind for all of you that I really don't need to get into, but. For the for posterity and for the record, I would like to say that it's Super Bowl Sunday, which would have been February sixth. Good day for America. The Packers win. People no. were pulling for the Packers. I didn't like that. Dude. People, well, you're the the small minority, All the right. the non vocal minority. Also, we had to consider September 29th. That was the night that not only was I headlining the Old World Theater in Huntington Beach, which incidentally I will be there on January 4th at 8 o'clock. Tweet me at Adam Rank if you want this is VIP all, tickets. This is all <laughs> about a plug? No. No, I'm just I'm trying to set the scene of what was going Where's on. Where's your dignity, sir? So I was, I was headlining there at the Old World Theater in Huntington Beach, where, again, I will be there on January 4th, 8 o'clock, headlining once again. Um, that was the night that the Rays rallied to beat the New York Yankees. Ah, yeah. The Red Sox day. choked. It was such a great night. And because I was headlining at the Old World Theater, where I'll be on January 4th, I was able to go and sneak into the bar and watch it all unfold. And I had the Twitter out and was watching. It was a great night, and everybody was just having a great night. And, you know, it was huge for America because the Red Sox lost. The Tampa Bay Rays won. The Braves lost, too. I think that kind of got lost in the mix. And that's a great night, and that seems like the number the one so sports called, night. The so-called greatest night in baseball history, they say. Probably. Very close to it. Not the greatest, but it doesn't quite measure up to what the date is. And everybody knows what I'm talking about, and I'm trying to build it up, and we all know what I'm talking about. The greatest day in American sports history, 2011, December 8th. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim signed Albert Pujols, signed C.J. Wilson. The Lakers traded for Chris Paul. So for one day, Chris Paul was a Laker. No doubt, the greatest night, the greatest day for sports in America in 2011, without a doubt. I have a hard time putting my hands together for that. Yeah, Come clip. on! Well, Was there a greater all, day in sports? First of all, you, the Halos fan, poo-pooed the Albert Pujols signing three weeks ago. So I don't know what's caused this giant shift in your opinion on the day. We can all agree, except that you didn't agree two weeks ago. History gives us perspective. And that's oh. a great thing about the Sheckies is that it gives us a chance to look back on the year. And you look back at what Albert Pujols can mean to the Angels. And this was kind of interesting. When I look back when Reggie Jackson signed with the Angels in 1982, he was 36 years old. And if we want to believe that Albert Pujols is 32, that I think he can go out and give the Angels the same type of production that Reggie Jackson gave them, leading them to two AL West titles during that stretch. Albert Pujols should be better, wow. should actually push the Were Angels. Were this my category, I think the answer is simple. I don't care about the Thursday night season opener. It is September 11th, ironically, a great day for uh, American sports fans. The NFL kicked off. Baseball used to be the national pastime. There is no question now in the 21st century that the true national pastime of our country is NFL football. I've been, I, it's been a part of my life, a part of my family since my earliest memory. NFL football is where it's at. And after the acrimony and ugliness and uncertainty that led all the way through the spring and summer that we got our football on time and kicked off, I treasured it, as did all of America, to me. 
that is the greatest sports day on, in 2011. You're wrong. It's not America's pastime. <laughs> it is. You know what? It is America's passion. I think the cliche is baseball is still America's pastime. Football is America's passion. I can't even remember what happened on that, like that Sunday, like the big moments of the big games. Did Jamal Charles, did he get hurt that week? I or can something? remember everybody had all the great quarterbacks established that mm-hmm. this was indeed the year Cam of the Newton's quarterback. Everybody broke out in huge. Uh, Rodgers, Breeze, Newton, like you say, all the great QBs had huge games, and you thought, Egad, there's no defense being played this year. Well, that'll fix itself. These defenses must just not be ready to play yet because of the shortened training camp. No, indeed. It's just the, this has been a season-long trend. And when you look at it, I'll be interested to yap with Steve Smith about this, too. It's remarkable that with the exception of the 49ers and I guess the, the Texans, all of the best teams, all the teams that you would list as, as legitimate Super Bowl contenders, don't really play a whole lot of defense. Even the Steelers, by their standards, aren't playing great defense. They're not really stopping the run. And you talk about the Patriots, the Saints, the the, the Packers, of course, they're all lousy defensively. So these True. playoff games should all be shootouts. So that's something to look forward to. Next, Shecky Award. Best NFL uniform. Mm, Let's ooh. do that one. This is an NFL.com show, after all. Best NFL uniform. Your nominees are the San Francisco 49ers. Last year's champion. 2010 champions making a bid for another rib. We have another chance at a repeat here with the 49ers. Next up, the New York Giants. Not enough credit given to the Giants. They wear nothing less than the best road uniform. They're white. Yeah, they're road their uniforms. Gray Outstanding. Uniform, the red, the, the, the little hints of red in the socks mm-hmm. and in the numbers. They really sing. The Giants, they don't get enough credit. Next up, someone who gets a lot of credit for their great uniform, the Oakland Raiders. Can't mm-hmm. beat it. Simple, black, silver. No matter who you match up against, you always look good if you're playing the Raiders. Good stuff for Bay Area football fans. Niners and Raiders, both in the final five here. Next, the New Orleans Saints throwback uniforms. Mm-hmm. Love the, oh, yeah, the striping stripes. on the yeah, arms and on the socks. They make all the difference for the to the to the more spare, also handsome uh, Saints uniforms. And lastly, the Indianapolis Colts. Love mm-hmm. love that. Uh, barely beating out the Jets there, but uh, both are nice. The the old, the single color with white. It's hard to argue with. Love that Colts uniform. You don't have the Patriots throwback, the Pat the Patriot uniform, the red one. Didn't make it this year. Didn't I make it. it this year. I love it. No but throwback. I mean, that, yeah, because that's, that's a good throwback. Oh, the Saints. It's wonderful. Saints I love that one. I really loved it. And your 2011 Shecky winner of the best NFL uniform goes to the New Orleans Saints throwback. Wow. wow. A big upset. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm, my jaw is wow. on the floor. I can't believe it. Um, but congratulations to him. It's a wonderful uniform. Uh, let's, let's just hope that they take this as a hint to go to that uniform full-time. That's well, the only thing they can How they, many teams need to go back to their throwbacks? Almost every one of them. And I hope in 2012, that's, my, that, uh, that's one thing I'll suggest for the, uh, my, the um, New Year's resolution for the Cincinnati Bengals. I'd like to see them wear the Bengals on the yes. side of the hat, that yeah, uniform. That's, that's a yep. nice one. Uh, they should definitely It would them. look nicer in modern, in modern times with a like, nice sheen on the helmet and – the way they could stencil it a little bit better. Yeah, sure, I, absolutely. Sure. It would look terrific. Next category, this one, I mean, this one every year seems to just, it's such a volatile category. That's right. You know what I'm talking about. Best condiment. Oh, oh my. wow. <sighs> All right. Now it's time to get serious, everybody. Your nominees for best condiment are dark mustard. Dark mustard, delicious. I would like to live in a world that's another New Year's resolution. Let's just get rid of yellow mustard. I appreciate 
the hot Chinese yellow mustard. But mm-hmm. outside of that, we could just get rid of the yellow mustard, and our lives would be better because we wouldn't have to distinguish dark mustard or yellow mustard. Just give me mustard, and it would always be Right, dark. okay. Because there's almost no circumstance where the yellow is preferable to the dark. So dark mustard. Next nominee, Sriracha. I don't know where you've been all my life, um, and I feel like it's my fault that we never connected, but I'm glad we finally came together, and I know you know, Sriracha, that we're making up for lost time together, and uh, it's it's been terrific. Really, spi- if you're not familiar, it's the Asian. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's thick. It's hot. Forget about Tabasco. Sriracha's the way to go. Next nominee, blue cheese dressing. Mm. Well, we talked with C.J. Spiller about it last week. He lives in, you know. The good people of Buffalo taught us a couple or a few decades ago the possibilities of blue cheese. Blue cheese isn't just for your lettuce. Mm -hmm. No, indeed. Mm. It's only limited by your own imagination what you can do with blue cheese. On your hamburger, on your wings, on your pizza, if you please. Delicious applications all for blue cheese. How do you see what an unbelievable category this is? It's really amazing. Your final nominee for best condiment, Jardinera. Have you ever had spicy jardinier in Chicago? They chop the celery, the peppers, the red peppers. They mix them all up in oil. It's really spicy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've Spread had Spread it on your sandwich. I mean, it, it is the sandwich. I literally, on many occasions, too many to count, have eaten jardinier sandwiches. But with what kind of meat? No, no. meat necessary. I'm just eating the condiment on <laughs> bread, period. That's how good that's it is. That's you so, and salsa doesn't even get consideration. Well, I mean, that's it's. I, I don't want to get crazy with it. You know, ketchup. Can you believe yeah, I didn't ketchup's even ketchup's not even mention on the list. ketchup? That's, that's how delicious everything is. One of is. the first Sheckies ever. Yeah, that's right. Here we go. But your 2011 winner of the Shecky Award for best condiment is Sriracha, coming oh, wow. out of nowhere. I started the year, literally. That shows you the possibilities of what can happen with the Shecky Awards. This isn't some stodgy uh, group of people making, panel making this decision. Sriracha came into my life in February or March, Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's ever going to leave my life again. It's the same with me. Uh, Is it new? Did did China just invent this now? I think think it's it's Vietnamese. It's been around, yeah. For centuries. Is it Vietnamese? Yes. I should really learn more about it. It's been around forever. It's and you know, and before we do our, uh, what is the show we're on? Total Fantasy Action, something, or whatever like that. the one you called it earlier. Every morning uh, on Sundays, we get a nice little spread. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, get, get some eggs, get some hash brown. Dave likes to take a coffee cup full of hash browns and then put in the sriracha wow. and mix it up, and then he eats it and he leaves it on the rank table. Basically, like an and egg shake. I had yeah. some. I had some Vietnamese like chicken noodle soup. I put four packets in the other. Oh, night. oh my I, god! My eyes were Just weeping. Cool. It's Fantastic. Yeah, but tears of joy, yeah, I imagine. Joy. Um, all right, well, listen, Handsome Hank, why don't you give us now? Handsome Hank's getting into the mix here. He's going to do a category for us. What's your category? What Dave, are you I'm, do? I'm an, uh, an outstanding cook, and my specialty is, in fact, the only thing I can cook is eggs. Uh, and I have uh, five nominees for, eggs, in the perfect. egg category. Would would have gone well with your What a perfect meats. blend. Okay, perfect. Um, so uh, the the first nominee is a baked egg. I don't know if you ever had that. I don't think I've had a Crack baked it egg. into a into a little, little jar, put it in the oven, bake it. Bit of salt on the top, bit of milk as well. Sounds very great. Nice. It's delicious. Uh, nog. <laughs> nog comes in as a second nominee. Sure. A surprise nominee, but right. it, it came in. Uh, it might be the time of year. Poached egg, just your standard. I love a poached, poached egg. egg. Po- too all, you know, you feel like a fancy man in certain places. You do when you but go in. Well, how do you want your eggs scrambled? Right, 
Can you poach it? They give you the stink eye. They yeah. want they want to charge you more for poaching that egg. It's delicious. <laughs> but it's no big deal. You, no. It's very easy to do. So poached, fried any style. Yes. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to get in the business of upside down, right side, whatever. And, but, and, and scrambled as well. The old, the old favorite. Ooh, this is um, exciting. I have my own opinions, but go ahead. So let me just uh, grab the envelope and get that. Spectacles on. Scrambled is the winner. Scrambled. Scrambled. Wow. That's, I like that. A traditional choice from a traditional kind of fella. I like that. Scrambled eggs. Scrambled uh, eggs are hard to beat. Yeah. I mean, I th- can I, I give you a little tip if you're if you're if you like uh, there's to do probably your work nothing in- you can tell me about scrambled eggs, but you can try. Uh, let me. This is this will sound a little trashy or whatever. This won't sound. If you take a little garlic salt, it mm-hmm. really it makes all the difference. Try some garlic okay. salt. Don't uh, turn okay. your nose up at it. Just a pinch. Just a pinch. It goes a long way. Yep. It's delicious. Well, that's a good category. I like that one. Um, next up, black tie. Are you getting in on this mix? Are you doing an award? I might as well. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> oh, well don't let us put you out. Well, here's mine. Best theme song. Ah. Oh. I like that one. Best theme song as heard on the Dave Damashek football program. Oh, so Flash Gordon can't win? The nominees then would be, who who are even the nominees? Well, this is the intro song, which is yours. Damashek. Adam Ranks. Adam Rank is here. Great song. Great song. I like that. Handsome Hanks. His name is Handsome Hanks. And mine, I suppose. Black tie sitting on the other side. And then also, let's not forget Jonah Carey's. Jonah Carey is on the phone. So, when there is... Handsome Hanks theme song. Oh! oh right. I literally, I literally spend about... Five ten minutes when I'm putting podcasts together, just listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's so late. That's why Hank comes to me. He's like, hey, where's, where's the podcast CD? I'm like, oh, it's coming. Only eleven more times, and then I'm going to post it. I eleven more <laughs> listens to your theme song, and then I'll get that posted. <laughs> All great. right, That's well done. That's a good category. Next up, we only have a couple more left. The Movie Fox Award. That's going to be up on NFL.com. We've been talking about this, the foxiest foxes in movie history. Not the actress who played them, but the character they played. Rank, you put in a submission here. Who did you go with there? Jane Mitchell from Zapped. You went with Jane Mitchell. Uh, That's right. Handsome Hank went with Dr. Emma Russell. From uh, we decided on that one for you with uh, Fair enough, yeah. from uh, from uh, uh, the saint, the saint, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went with that one and uh, black tie. He went with Black Widow. Yep, Black Widow. N- Natasha Romanoff from Iron Man Two, and Shady McCoy went with Ginger Knowles from Sil- from uh, what was that picture called? Swordfish. 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 Apparently, there's s- some uh, toplessness in that. That's, what? I don't know. I'm sure that's not what Shady Wait, McCoy what? liked. There was a woman named Halle Berry playing this, I, but I right. don't want to acknowledge who the actress was because that's besides the point. Steve Smith went with Allie Hamilton from The Notebook, <laughs> but your nominees in Dave Damashek's book for Movie Foxes of the Year, Apollonia Corleone from The Godfather. That's wonderful. She's wonderful. She's not in the movie very long. She meets, uh, meets a nasty demise mm-hmm. blown up in the car. Penny Lane from Almost Famous. Alabama Whitman from True Romance. Princess Buttercup from The Princess Bride, and Lisa Carol Fremont from Rio Window from the 2011 Chucky Award to the greatest movie Fox ever seen. Lisa Carol Fremont of Rio Window. Oh, yes. All right, I'll mention it. It's Grace Kelly. No greater vision in movie history 
than Lisa Carroll Fremont in rear window. All right, now back to the rest of the Sheckies here. And just uh, just two more here. Best fruit. Best fruit. Uh, this is uh, this is the where it all started, as a matter of fact, was with the Best Fruit Award. Right. And uh, so we go back and we honor Apple, the original champion of the first Shecky Award ever. Strawberry. Pineapple. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Red grapes. Red grapes. Red grapes. Red grapes. Yeah, I don't think okay. we need green grapes. We're gr- another category. Do we need the green for anything? But they exist. But what do we need them for? To get for rid eating? of them. No, no. We get rid of the green. We grow that much more red grapes. <laughs> we get, we're going to be a lot happier. You don't think so? All right. All right. Watermelon. <sighs> and the winner of the 2011 Checky Award for Best Friend is Pineapple. Pineapple. Pineapple is delicious. Let me tell you, I might. Oh. I, I might. This is a category that's coming. Close. You're not even going to clap for that. No, I will. I, I didn't see that coming. The c- pineapple is so delicious, and it, it, it's just the sweetest thing. And now, unlike growing up, it was it wasn't always in season. But there's something about. I don't know if it's Southern California or whatever they're I- injecting into it. Whatever it is, <laughs> it's delicious year round. And pineapple is starting to really dominate this category to the degree that I might have to shut it down. Apple. Is I mean you know apples in the word pine you can't spell pineapple, pineapple without, without apple, apple. Right. so in a way it's tipping its hat itself <laughs> to, to the granddaddy of all grapefruits pineapple, pineapple pineapple just got a text message from apple congratulating it <laughs> <laughs> couldn't happen to a nicer yeah. fruit yeah. <laughs> and here we are now best uniform in all of sports oh. Ooh. your final Shecky award for 2011 here we go does this include international sports. Theoretically, <laughs> okay. But it'd be some soccer nominations. I like football well, nominations. For the record, I like Brazil's uniforms. I like Spain's uniform, and I like Argentina's uniform. Okay. However, none of those are in the made the final categories. No Sorry. cricket uniforms. No which ones? Cricket. Just white. No <laughs> just cricket. Just white. Those are the best. When are you going to uh, grow up already? That's what I want to know. Black tie. Grow up, would you? Um, all right. Best uniform in all of sports. The San Francisco 49ers. The best uniform in all of baseball is your next nominee. It's the home whites of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people like the Yankees. The Yankees have great yeah. uniforms. The Dodgers, in 2011 at least, stand out to me as the best. Crisp whites, Dodger blue, and, of course, the magic thing, the red number. There's the inexplicable red number on the otherwise all blue and white. You take the red number away, what do you have? You have the Kansas City Royals. That's what you yep. have. Next nominee, my least favorite team in all of sports, the Philadelphia Flyers. But I, I'm just judging them aesthetically. The black and orange looks very nice. Next up, my second least favorite team in all of sports, the New York Islanders. Yeah, that blue and the orange. Wonderful. Next nominee. Alabama Crimson Tide football program. Love, right. love the numbers on the side of the hats. Okay. Simple, spare, terrific. Okay. Penn State can't bring myself to nominate them. I know I should be based purely on aesthetics. Right. But I think that program should be shut down for a decade at least, so I'm not going to honor them. Next one, Texas Longhorns. Love that. Love the burnt orange. Mm. Love the all white. Can't be more spare than that. They're all with the orange. Numbers and and the horn and that's it. 
Then it's right. all white. It looks sweet, but then at home, even better. The burnt orange jersey, it's wonderful. I really dig that uniform. Just missing out, the Ottawa Senators, their, right. their alternate. And just missing out also, the Pittsburgh Penguins alternate, their navy blue with the, with the uh, powder blue trim. Lovely as well. Great nominees. I mean, great uniforms across the sports landscape. The Yankees, like I mentioned, the, you know, the New Orleans Saints. I know it's ironic the 49ers are in the mix here, but the Saints – I guess you know what theoretically they should be in the mix, but I but that I, but the nominees are the nominees. The nominees are who got nominated. Get off my back, and your winner for best uniform in sports, the winner of the 2011 Shecky Award is. Oh no, it's the Philadelphia Flyers. What? Oh, oh dear. Uh, it's, oh, sad. that is bad. I don't like it, but the facts are the You're facts. You're the guy it's the voting. Best. It's the best uniform in sport. It's not. You know what makes me even I sicker? At say- the time of recording this, it's Thursday night. As we speak, the Pittsburgh Penguins are playing the Philadelphia Flyers. You think it makes me happy to name that team it the best must. uniform? It doesn't give me any pleasure. But I'm a man of integrity, and that's the best uniform nah. in the in sport. The orange sweater with the black number, the black pants, and the white trim. It's the best uniform. I, just, I, I it, it sickens me to say the words, but I have to do it because it's the truth, and that's the way I operate. What do I do every day here, Adam Rank, on this podcast? On episode 43, episode 1, episode 17, I don't care which. What do I do? I unbuckle my belt. I unzip my fly. It's dangerous I now. I drop my pants. And I stand nude for all the world to see. <laughs> I have to be honest. Do you understand? I'm not literally doing that. In case no, you thank you. I meant figuratively. Figuratively. I st- don't you understand? No one wants nonsense. No one wants the. No one wants the garbage rank. They want the truth, and that's what they just got. Sickening as it may be to all of you. I'm sorry to end the Shecky Awards on a sour <laughs> note, but wow. it is what it is. And I stand by it. I wish Steve Smith could hear my voice because I want him to call so badly right now. <laughs> Handsome Hank, thoughts, remembrances of 2011? I think, well, first of all, I'm, I'm delighted to have been a part of the uh, of the Shackies this year. I think that was Wow, that no, was, you were a great addition. Great. I'm really, really happy to be part of it. And, you know, what a great year it's been. But just 2012, uh, when I thought of 2012, let's say 10 years ago, I was thinking flying cars. Um, <laughs> kind of, I don't know, phones embedded in my ear or something. So that, that's you know, close. All of these things, I think, are, are probably going to happen in the next eight to twelve months. So just, just look, look out for that fingers stuff. crossed. Look and out early, for early in twenty twelve. What we're going to all look forward to is we're going to be a little programming note. I'm not even exactly up to speed on it, but I believe we're going to be doing three or four shows live at the Super Bowl in Indianapolis. Wow. I- Think three, three shows, three hours in length each, I believe, something like that. Large blocks. Yeah, and then we'll uh, and then we'll celebrate our grand success by going out and eating beef and such in uh, in the Hoosier State. Saint Elmo's and all that stuff. Whatever's out there, we'll go do it. I if know you're in the Indianapolis area, you got to tell us the best like dive bars. Like, oh, take I, us- my chums will tell me that. Yeah, I, there there okay. are a few oh, people good, left good. behind from Bloomington, Indiana, who moved an hour north to. Oh, good, there, so. good, good. Um, all right, so that'll be great. Handsome Hank, thanks for coming in here, and uh, and uh, thanks for chipping in with the, your award, and same to you, Black Tie. But right now, like I say, I, there, there is no reason to even debate this one, who our best guest is. We've had, we've had some fun of late with the likes of Eric Decker and C.J. Spiller and D'Angelo Hall and Jack Youngblood and so on. But the guy who keeps coming back, and by the way, he also has had a uh, wonderful renaissance in his career as Cam Newton's favorite target. It's our old pal from the Carolina Panthers, number 89, Steve Smith. What's going on, man? Happy holidays. 
Oh, happy holidays and Merry Christmas, but I'm not really sure about that old friend. You know, are you are you pushing the envelope with my age or just... No, we're oh, old yeah. pals. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Steve Smith. Uh, you know how they do. When you, when you turn, when you get past 30, you know, take, take you in the back and uh, shoot you in the head. <laughs> <laughs> not this year. Not you. Not with the renaissance that you've had with Cam Newton, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, not not this year. Did you get uh, what'd you get for Christmas? Anything uh, noteworthy? Um, uh, I mean, I, I you know, I, uh, my wife got me some some cool things, and uh, so I liked it. I had a really good friend uh, come in from uh, London. He spent the Christmas with us, so uh, he got me some. Uh, he got the kids some soccer stuff. Uh, they're huge soccer fans, but he got me a little. Uh, a little uh, European outfit that I, uh, I really like, so um, it was pretty good. A European outfit? outfit. What's what? that, That's... a beret? No, just kind of a, you know, a little scarf, a little shirt, you know, vest. Kind of, kind of goes with, uh, goes with my style when I'm out with my wife uh, on the town or on our Friday nights uh, uh, date night. How about a kilt? I think you would look pretty dapper in a kilt. <laughs> no, my legs are too hairy. <laughs> what's uh what's on the agenda for this friday if i may ask are you gonna go take in a movie um we we may just do dinner uh we you know for christmas we always do tradition we go to the movie so we uh, kind of did the movie thing and we're just not sure how many good movies out there so we're just gonna probably go dinner and just kind of uh kind of discuss our plans moving forward uh this off season um you know for one of the gifts I got my wife, which is totally outside the box for me, is um, I got a uh, we got a private lessons for uh, ball, learn ballroom dancing. So just oh, me and her. Wow. So uh, so got to plan that out. So uh, you know nobody's in the studio when uh, when two left feet is in there trying to. <laughs> Steve is Smith setting... is a romantic apparently. And is this setting up a run for the mirrored ball trophy on Dancing with the Stars? Ah, no. <laughs> this is just when I'm out with my wife and we go dancing, um, you know, something that we can we can build a memory with. And more or less when something comes up, we can kind of laugh about it and see how uh, how silly and, and vulnerable we were with each other trying to learn how to dance. That's very nice. But what if you did get a call from uh, from Dancing with the Stars? Would you just say no way? Yeah, that's just, you know, that's not me. I'm 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 really a very private person. So. That's kind of too much uh, publicity for me. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, some football here. What did you make of on Monday night? You saw um, you saw Drew Brees break the record. Of course, you have the uh, Saints, or I guess uh, they have you coming into New Orleans this Sunday to wrap out the season for you guys. What do you think about uh, the record? Is uh, is Drew Brees the best QB, or where does he rank for you among the QBs playing right now? I mean – Drew is outstanding, you know, the ball placement, the accuracy. Um, he does a great job, you know. Um I I, I think I, I think it's you know, it's been said, but I think I need to say it, you know, no better guy I see um than him, uh, that deserves it. The hard work he's he's put into it. Um, you know, he's just he's he he's very calculated how he throws the ball, where he throws the ball. Uh him and Sean, um I know they do a lot of discussions, and and Sean Sean Payton is a great offensive mind as well. So uh, you know, I I would really say uh, those two who go together, 
very well, and obviously by his statistics and his success, that um, it really shows that um, you know, it was a great de- it was a great decision for New Orleans, but it was also a loss for uh, for San Diego, in my personal opinion. Yeah, that's a great point on what? display because it went to Darren Sproles. I don't think that should be lost on anybody. Two San Diego castoffs. But, Steve, there was a, a, a couple of Falcons players, anonymously, of course, who came out after the game who didn't like that the Saints kept throwing the ball at the end of the game, going for the record. Uh, now, what do you make of that? What if that would have been you guys in that situation? Would you have been upset or would you have understood? Well, this, this, this is what I think about it. I, I, and this is just me, and this is part maybe that rubs people the wrong way. Um, if you can't put your name on it, don't comment. You know, I think – I think that says it in itself, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then second of all, you you, you know, you done got your no, nose rubbed in it so your feelings are hurt. So if you didn't like it, stop it. If not, get out the way because the bus is going to run you over if you either you get out the way or you're accepted. So um, they didn't like it too bad. But at the same time, it wasn't their record. Uh, they just happened to be the guys that um, were in the way. So. In the history, and I know people get uh, very fragile, they're delicate flowers sometimes when teams run up the score on them, and sometimes maybe they have a point, but my goodness, this was, Drew Brees wanted to set the record uh, in front of his home fans in a meaningful game against, uh, uh, you know, it makes sense now that maybe Drew Brees won't even play against you guys, and maybe they'll give him a rest there. It makes perfect sense to go for the record, so that, uh, how ludicrous that uh, that the Falcons would weep about this one. You know, in our instances, we had a guy actually, Omar Ganther, a linebacker. He's a new trans, new uh, transaction guy that was with Philly, and he was on the sideline with me uh, after they took me out of the game. I think like mid third quarter, and um, he and he was like, you know, should we run up to score? What do you think? And I said, man, you know, to be honest, run up to score. He was like, why? <laughs> and and when I told him this. He exactly was sympathetic with me. He said, "I said, you know, I've been here almost. I've been here a decade, and I've been through some peaks and valleys. And in those valleys, I have been on the opposite end of the stick when teams try to continuously keep scoring on us. So now being the team on the opposite end of the stick, I look at it like, hey, it's not our fault you can't stop us. So." You know, that sounds like a personal problem. And you're going to have to figure that out and work it too uh, on your own time because you're getting this, you're getting this butt whooping right now. I, uh, you know, yeah, listen, Absolutely. I have come around on that because I used to say if Steve Spurrier settled down and then, of course, in college football, the quality of victory and, you know, the, the point margin started to count. But even in the NFL, for the most part, you're exactly right. If you, you know, if you want to do something about it, then, uh, then do something then about it and, and stop them from doing it. What do you think, though? about you have Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, they're the two prime candidates, I guess, for MVP right now, and then also Tom Brady, who maybe is going to break this record. Who, If you have a vote for uh, MVP in the NFL, who gets it? Or do you, you want to go I, Steve Smith, if you want to say Steve Smith gets the vote? No, I, 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 think, uh, I, I think the way they do it is great. They don't announce it until after, but the playoffs don't matter. But I think... You know, both team, both three guys are playing extremely well, but I think the race is really Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. But mm-hmm. despite Drew Brees breaking the record, I think Aaron Rodgers, uh, I think, has won it because of 
um, the accuracy, uh, the, 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 the way he marches down the field week in and week out. Um, you know, he, he does a, a great job. Drew Reed does a great job, too. But I just think this is the year for Aaron Rodgers. That's my personal thing. Well, I agree with you, but you and I both uh, a couple weeks ago when we yapped, uh, we agreed that the Packers were in line to go undefeated. Have you Has, has the no, loss? No, that's not, that's not – we, we weren't in line with that. You were trying to get me in line with it. I, <laughs> I specifically remember I said if their defense, continues to show weakness, that will be one of the reasons why they don't go all the way or continue to go undefeated because of their defense susceptibility in the secondary. That yeah. is not as good. Well, here's the thing, though. Think. Here's the thing that's starting to emerge is that no, none of the best teams, with the exception of, I guess, the 49ers, have a really dominant defense. The Patriots, the Packers, the Saints – Who's out there that – I mean, even the Steelers aren't really stuffing the run this year. So let's say they wind up with the number two seed in the AFC. It's almost as though defense is besides the point. I mean, what? so do you still think the Packers – I don't even want to put words in your mouth. I don't want to get, uh, I don't want to get beaten up again by you, Steve Smith. Who's going to the Super Bowl? Who's going to, who's going to do it with these bad defenses? This is what I think. I think all these teams that you, that you mentioned, uh, Baltimore um, – Pittsburgh, um, New Orleans, mm-hmm. Green Bay, they all have pretty good offense. Their defensive line is pretty good. I think what makes them susceptible to losing at any given moment and outside of the any given moment of the NFL, which every week is an adventure and you never know who's going to show up or not show up, is – the secondary, if the, the secondary is not as strong as it seems, losing Nick Collins was a huge blow mm-hmm. to the Green Bay Packers. And Charles Woodson, I don't care if he's 50 years old, he's playing great. But the other guys that they have, I think Tremont Williams is good, but I think the liability is Sam Shields. I also think, um, uh, I also think that the guy that's backing up, um, that's backing up Nick Collins. He was back up. He was a backup to Nick Collins because he's not Nick Collins. Nick mm-hmm. Collins was the anchor besides Charles Wilson in that defense. Um, and I and I think that is being shown at times. Um, Pittsburgh, their secondary, um, as far as corners, not safeties, are are susceptible. Um, Baltimore, the same thing. You know, they lost uh, Foxworth and, and, and the young guy Smith. He's working, but he's still a rookie. Mm-hmm. And uh, New Orleans, uh, they got a good, you know, Michael Jenkins is doing a, uh, a great job, and, and Harper is doing the job that he always does. But their corners are sometimes on, on the fence. They straddle the fence. You don't know which corner is not going to show up or going to show up. So, that's my personal opinion. Then you look at their all their offense, and their offense can move the ball up and down. But if their defense, if their secondary doesn't show up, it, it, it can it can be ugly, and it can be ugly very quickly. Well, who is going to show up then come playoff time? Who do you think is going to – I gonna... think the 49ers are going to surprise hmm, a lot of people. That's defense. what I was going to ask you. But the problem is, is can that offense uh, – that offense has a potential stalling. And – you and I both know when you're in the playoffs, there's no next week. 
So now you gamble and you and you go for things that generally you wouldn't go through go for in a regular season game you go for. And so that's what I think that's gonna hurt uh the 49ers because when you look, really look at the 49ers, they stop people but offensively they, they don't have, you know, uh seven minute uh drives for you know, ninety yards. Can they go to ninety yard length? It, I don't think it happens a lot when the forty ers So that's the that's the only problem. Frank Gore but outside of Frank Gore, um, I don't see uh, Michael Crabtree lining up against Charles Wilson and catching 10 catches for, you know, 160 yards. I, you know, he can do it. He did in college, but I'm not sure uh, in the big boy era he's going to do it right now. I don't think he's that guy presently. I think in the future, but not presently. Mm-hmm. Is that something where Vernon Davis has to kind of establish himself? Because he seems like he should be the rock that allows them to pick up that short yardage when Frank Gore gets you a couple of yards, then you go to Vernon Davis. He is, but if you line up a, 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 a DN and then have a linebacker pressed up, you know, it throws off the timing. And if you throw, if it throws off the timing, who do you go to? you got to go to that other second or third option. And I'm not saying they don't have it, but they just lost more. They lost Morgan to a, to a, a broken leg, so he's out. Mm-hmm. Who, when you say the 49ers, they just released uh, Braylon. They just released Braylon. When you say the 49ers, besides Frank Gore and Vernon Davis, who's the other premier uh, receiver out there that that scares you and says we have to pay attention to this guy past 25 yards? I don't know. Well, you know, I think it's interesting, and it brings me to this. We, uh, every All the teams we're talking about, with the exception of the Niners, revolve around that quarterback, and then they have that elite wide receiver to throw the ball to. Um, and it feels to me like, and then uh, with the 49ers, they have Frank Gore, but a lot of these contenders that we're talking about, too, they also don't have a great running game. So it brings me to this. The Panthers are a nice second-half story. Cam Newton clearly is uh, is the rookie of the year, as far as I'm concerned. And people are saying, the greatest rookie in the history of the NFL. Talk like that. So, great year. Things are building there. But do you feel like, this might be uncomfortable, Steve Smith, but I'm going to ask it to you anyway. Do you feel like the Panthers made a mistake by investing the amount of money they did in D'Angelo Williams when the running game is obviously secondary based on the way the NFL is going right now? No, I, this is why I, I don't believe that. And, and you, I, I, I really respect, admire, and buy into the system that Coach Rivera uh, has. He wants to score points. He wants to score a lot of points. He doesn't care if it's quick or slow. Long kisses a lot. The thing is, is if you can get up on a team early, and all of a sudden, you you know, whether uh, in the beginning you start throwing and in the end you run it out, I think that's where those that's where those stable running backs we have in the backfield uh, come in handy. And that's just that's just our offense now. Now, it used to be before was first down, run it, second down, run it, and if it's third manageable, throw the ball maybe or run a draw on third down. That was the old regime. Um, and – you see uh, how that go- how that's going on the West Coast and the AFC uh, West. How that's going, it goes great. But if you're if all the nuts are not uh, you know screwed in tight and it's not together, and you have a solid foundation offensively on the pass and the run, it isn't going to work. And then you're scrambling. You know, you win six straight, but you're not winning the ones that count. And the ones that count 
require you to pass, and you're not able to pass, and so you're screwed. And it seems like one team I think we're omitting from this NFC playoff race, the Detroit Lions. They've got a good mm, quarterback. They've got point. Calvin Johnson. Kevin Smith looked okay last week. What do you think? Do you think the Lions have a good shot there? I do think they have a great shot, but they're susceptible to losing because, once again, I was at secondary. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing. Whatever secondary that can get to, get it together the quickest is going to be the team that makes a difference. And I think that is the difference why the Green Bay Packers did so well last year. They were doing okay during the regular season, but once the playoffs came, mm-hmm. they were doing an exceptional job, and they started shutting people down. And when they went into um, went into Atlanta, it, it, it got ugly quick and fast because that secondary showed up, and it showed up big. All right, well, listen, we've talked some football. Now let's talk about – I know you're a big Clippers guy, and we didn't get to yap about it last Ooh, week. They were, All right. they were playing excellent. We're going to talk about it, but I want to say this. you Last week you were on Total Access, and instead of being here with us, was it? did you have more fun with them or with us? You know, uh, I, I will honestly say, you know, I had I have much more fun with you guys because yes. they, uh, they flip the script, and sometimes they don't stay on script. That's right. That's oh, dare they. We give you a script and you follow it to, to the <laughs> le- no. Um, so let's talk well, wait, about. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get to this yeah. clip, now let me let me let's reset this for everybody who might not hear. You're from Southern California, as yes. am I. I'm from, I'm from Los Angeles, California, and you're born a fl- and raised. And you're from and you're a 49ers fan. 49ers fan. And you rooted for the team that came from San Diego. How is this? How are you not a Lakers fan? How are you not a Ram, or a Rams fan? Raiders I like fan. It. it hurts me a little bit. How did you become a Clippers fan? Okay, this is how I became a Clippers fan. I grew up in Los Angeles, California. I grew up in a I, I grew up in a poor areas where you don't go past dark. That's the area I grew up in, <laughs> and so a lot of those, you know. So what we did was, I went to. Clippers games, they were like 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. And my dad used to come home with Clippers tickets, and I used to go. And it was at, when they played at the uh, sports the, arena. The Los, this Los Angeles sports arena. I watched them. And it would be 20 bucks. And it'd be in a nosebleed, but it wouldn't hardly be anybody there. So, I, you know, you walk down and be in the club level seats, you know. And so I went to probably, when I was a kid, I went to probably 10 Clippers games. And I was hooked, and I just loved it. And uh, that was all the games I can go to. Now, was I a fan of the Lakers? Yes. I mean, I loved Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Mike Thompson. Mm-hmm. I loved all those guys, A.C. Green, James Worthy. But I never got an opportunity to see them in person. And when you see a sports team in person, that's where your love begins. It doesn't go from on television. You can see a team on television, but when you see your team in real HD mm-hmm. in color, you know that's when you that's when it changes. And I saw them a lot more in, in color than I saw the Lakers. Uh, to be honest, I still haven't been to a Lakers game. Never. Let's I do that. Let's we c- need it. No, you come out. Them. The three of us will go. It'll be a great time. Yeah, I, I don't think my wife would uh, would want me to go with you. To she could come with us, or, and if she doesn't want to come, then we'll get Rachel oh, no, McAdams from The Notebook no. to come with us, and that'll be our fourth. Oh, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to come. You know, we're just kind of waiting and, and, and kind of buying our time to see. Because I actually, 
Um, I would prefer to go to a Clippers game before I go to a Lakers game. All right, let's do that too. We'll do we'll do both those. But what do you think, though? I mean, it really has overnight almost the it, it, things have reversed themselves because I've looked at the Lakers in their first couple of games, and let me tell you something. Tragic. They ain't it anymore. They're, they're, I'll tell you, maybe they'll even have a better record than the Clippers. I don't think they will, but they might. They won't. But no, they no, no, are no, so no boring to watch. They, it's like watching uh, something from the 19th century all of a sudden because, they, I mean, Derek Fisher just doesn't cut it in the 21st century as a point guard. I mean, he, he cuts it, but at the, at the end of the day, the, the, the Lakers start and begin and end with Kobe. And I and I personally think that's kind of been their downfall is because they they look to him for everything and he everybody wants to compare him to Jordan. The thing that I, the reason why I say he's not Jordan isn't because he's not good enough, but Kobe doesn't make everybody around him better. Mm-hmm. Jordan made everybody around him better. You know Paxton, come on now, Paxton he was okay. Bill Bill Cartwright was like. A hundred years old when he was playing with them, but he made so many people better. Horace Grant, I mean, all those guys were excellent when Jordan was around him. He stole the ball, he dished it. He took the he took over the game when he needed to, but he also took a step back. And how many times have you seen Jordan dribble down the court, drive, 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 and pass it to Steve Kerr, corner shot, boom. Well, and at this point, Kobe Bryant is in that phase of his career that Michael Jordan won three titles in, which is a jump shooting phase. He's no longer what you, you know, he's no longer the highlight guy. He's no longer get to the rim, attack the rim guy. He's a guy who gets out on the elbow and has to thrive or or fail from 18 feet. But he didn't have to, though. He could have tried, but he didn't. He made guys around him better. and And I think that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Kobe and him, as he's not doing it. What do you think, so the, though? What, how do you project out these uh, these clips, though? Now, what do you think of Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and the rest of those fellas? I mean, Chris Paul is, you know, he's outstanding. You know, uh, living here in North Carolina, you hear you hear about uh, so many stories. Uh, one of the great stories I just heard about him uh, was was um, growing up here. His grandfather was a huge uh, was a huge uh, male influence in his life, and uh, he passed when he was in high school. And he was like, you know, he's gonna quit playing basketball. I said uh, he uh, that week, and he was done. And his, you know, his folks told him, his I think his mom uh, told him, you know, you would your grandfather would want you to finish. And so he went out there and played for his grandpa. His grandpa, I think, died when he was 61 years old. And Chris Paul went out there and put up 60 points on the foul line. Shoots, makes mm. the free throw. 61. Nice. Didn't wow. take didn't take the second shot and walked off the court. That is awesome. Whoa, that's a wonderful one. story, and that's the vibe I get from that guy. Is that uh, yeah, he's a good guy, but he also he's not uh, he's no uh, wilting flower either. He see he's uh, he definitely when he gets out on the floor he has a killer instinct, which is uh, exactly yeah. what you want out of your point guard, eh? Yep. So. Did you catch any Ricky Rubio 
Have you seen him play yet? He looks like he reminds you of Pistol Pete. He he, he can't score like Pistol Pete. This is before your time. <laughs> Actually, before my time too, Steve Smith, but I've seen the highlights. Pistol Pete, I, that big nose and that lanky body, but he puts English on his bounce passes, and he does them from half court. He throws bounce passes uh, from 40 feet away. It's fantastic. I actually, uh, you know, Pistol Pete was, a, was born and raised in South Carolina. Is that right? You know that. I did know yeah. that. I know Pressmarovich is from uh, from Steeltown, Pennsylvania, and uh, grew yeah. up in uh, Aliquippa area. So that's his father. But yeah, I didn't. I know. I knew they wound up down in the Bayou at some point. I didn't. I wasn't aware yeah. of all that. Do you yeah. get it? If, if, if my memory serves me right, uh, Pistol was down here in South Carolina, and he, you know, phenomenal player as well. Now, are you wearing Clippers gear around town? Are you trying to represent? Because now everybody out here in Los no, Angeles. See, uh, see, I'm, I'm, uh, people here in Charlotte, it kind of bugs them a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> um, I, I've always, uh, I got actually a, uh, a buddy of mine, Thomas Davis on our team last year for my birthday, mm-hmm. got me a, a Blake Griffith autograph Jersey. Uh-huh. So that was, that Ooh, was pretty cool. You know, nice. I kind of, uh, I kind of gushed like a girl on that one. Um, that's pretty but nice. I've, I've actually, <laughs> I have close to over 200 hats or something like that, close to 200 hats. And uh, 92% of those hats are uh, are L.A., some form or fashion. So I only wear L.A. hats. I like that. See, remembering Angel, Any of those Angels hats? Yes, I have a, I have, a, I have. some Angels uh, with the C.A. I have the uh, A with the, with the halo over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, got the Dodgers. Um, you know, got one or two. Giants, but not too many. Um, but ma- majority, uh, I got a, I got one Laker hat and the rest up, and then uh, about three or four Clippers. But the most of them are uh, Dodgers and a few Angels. Um, all right. Well, listen, Steve Smith. As always, you're a delight and a good guy, and glad to hear you're having a happy holidays. I hope you have a uh, a good date night on Friday night. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the only thing we have to do with you, Steve Smith, is uh, we got the one man house band, Dick Banks. He cooks up music for everybody who comes on the show. We don't have a theme song for you yet. You're into R and B, right? Yes. Old school though, like Al Green. Uh, yeah, I like Al Green. Little. Uh... A little uh, roughing, um, you know, uh, the OJs. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I like a lot of it. Um, platters? How 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 about, yeah, the platters, they're all right. They got a lot of misses more than hits. <laughs> um, how about uh, James Brown, huh? Oh. Like, I like, like I, a little James Brown. All right, done and done. How, how, well, about, the, how about the Vic Payback, huh? The Vic Payback? James Brown. Oh, oh, oh. See, I'm square. Now I feel like a heel. All right, all right. So listen, that's what we'll work with. We'll get you. We'll get you uh, a, a song for the next time we're uh, lucky enough to yap with you. But uh, in the meantime, best wishes against the Saints. Hope you guys close out the season on a positive note, and uh, and then we'll look forward to Kibitzin with you in 2012. Hopefully, we can get some playoff talk going. Get your uh, insights on what we're seeing. Good stuff from you today on uh, on those lousy secondaries. The only thing I will say is I take issue with you saying the Steelers secondary their corners are lousy ike taylor has been shut down i didn't say they were lousy well you said that you didn't know about their corners and i'm just letting you i'm reminding you of mr ike taylor ike taylor is not a shutdown corner ike taylor i I mean i respect ike taylor but you remember they tried to put him on um uh chris chambers a couple years ago 
when he was talking about how he was just shut down, and very quickly after that, uh, they put him back in man cover, uh, back in zone coverage. So you're not a shutdown if you're in zone. He shuts him down. I don't know what happened against Chris Chambers on that day, but I think that Wes Welker would tell you otherwise. I think that uh, 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 Taylor wasn't co- well. He really wasn't covering him in the slot. Yeah, you're uh, right. I, think, I know uh, he was 22, 22, the young kid it was. Billy Gay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're going to say things, you got to be more accurate and you're uh, right. have more facts. <laughs> I <laughs> have I facts. The, yes. I think that's one of the things that you guys struggle with is you guys. Uh, <laughs> Don't you guys mean. On, that's Dave. On, emo- on emotions less, and rather than facts. I Listen, maybe I made a mistake with that statement, but I let my record speak for itself. I don't know what that means. All right. <laughs> Steve Smith, listen, you showed me up. Next time I will arm myself with more facts before I square off with you. That's, that's, the, that's really the only way you're going to win is facts because you can, you can argue emotionally all you want, but at the end of the day, if the facts don't equal up, uh, that's why they call them, uh, you know, you, you'd be better off being a lawyer. <laughs> I don't think I'd be a very good lawyer because I don't like to study very much. I think I would. I don't think I'd uh, get past the bar exam. But uh, all right. So next time we speak, Vic Payback will have ready for you to go, and uh, and we'll yap with you in 2012. Hopefully, uh, you know, one of those weeks it'd be in Hawaii. Oh yeah, well, I love that. We should. That's where we should meet Steve and his wife. We should travel over to Honolulu and watch him play in the in the uh, Pro Bowl. If I did that, could you think you could talk? You, you're you've got you're a man of influence in the NFL. That Pro Bowl is is meaningless at this point anyway. How about if could I get in there and uh, play quarterback in the fourth quarter? Um, you know, I, every guy doesn't want to admit it, but I'm not. I'm not afraid to. Uh, there's a high probability I'm trying to. You know, we're trying to win bigger check and also get that hardware for the for the uh, MVP. So, uh, so yes. I don't really want you in that quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve Smith, uh, we'll let you go. And uh, like I say, good luck on Sunday against those Saints. Appreciate it. All right, fella, take good care. Thanks, Steve. There he goes off to dance practice or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what. That's but such a great idea. What a delight, though. What a delight he is. Don't you enjoy? He answers everything. There's not a question you ask him that he says, "I'm not going to touch that one." No. He just whatever you whatever you want to know about. He and, says, and then he berates me on top of it. That I won't stand for. <laughs> well, That's you deserved it. New Year's resolution for for uh, 2012 is Steve Smith. Cut out so much sass directed at Damashek. I don't like that. I think it's appreciated. Steer towards rank, if you please. So we're looking forward to the Giants in Dallas. We're looking forward to Kansas City and Denver. That's going to be a a great one. Kyle Orton's going to get the win there. Be on the lookout for Rank and Me doing the Sheck to the Future segment. That should be up there on Friday at some point for your consumption. Of course, our gangbusters record over the course of the season. Week 17 and on into the playoffs. We're going to continue going with that. Look for that. Shame report. The episode 42, and please subscribe to the podcast, the Pick 6 segment. I don't even know what else. But, oh, here's what it is. Have a happy new year. How about that? And we'll talk to you in 2012. In the meantime, though, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.